welcome in everyone to Double Switch Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Curlin, and you can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curlin. Now, you, I might sound a little familiar to you. You might hear me on other podcasts and whatnot, but this is actually a new venture of mine. I'll be hosting this bi-weekly going forward. And today, my very first episode on this podcast, I'm able to bring on a very good friend of mine, Zach, who actually writes for Fake Teams, and he's part of the team over there. You can follow him on Twitter at Zach Roto. Zach, long overdue. What's going on, buddy? This is long overdue. It's been a long time coming. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on um, the pod. And I'm excited to talk to you on a podcast because you know what? We talk every day. <laughs> yeah, we've been, this started, this like, it's weird to call a relationship. And but in 2019, I guess it's okay to have this type of relationship. Um, uh, we've had this like <laughs> friendship going on now for like going on three years. Like we met playing fantasy baseball and you've always been a step ahead of me. And I think I finally caught up to you on my knowledge base. So I think you might be, you might be, you might be ahead of me now. Well, I think you still have the the edge on minor leaguers. You always will, because I'm so focused on the redraft aspect of things. And minor leaguers are kind of your thing, which again, I guess you could tell the people here what you kind of do for fake teams real quick. And like some of the stuff you have, what you're working on and what you've just released. Well, yeah, I write for fake teams and um, I, I've been off and on. I don't have a, I don't have a set schedule of writing, but um, if something strikes me and I want to write about it, um, I will. Um, my focus is um, what I'm, what I'm really interested in is um, the minor league aspect and the prospects, uh, prospects that are closer to the big leagues. So I'll, I'll, I wrote articles about um, the going into this year, the, your top 10 prospects um, to help you this year. And I did a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, so you like I said, like I, like I was saying, like that's why you've always that's why you had the edge a couple years ago on me. You were on guys like before I knew, like before it was like common knowledge or somebody like, like me knew it was common knowledge. You were on guys like Bellinger before Bellinger broke out. You were big on Jordan when he or Jordan, whatever he pronounces his name to be. You were big on him this year, at least when he officially was like when he was getting hot in the minors. You were way more um, confident in 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 it than I was, and that just goes with your you know, your knowledge base and what you like to look into. So again, I'm glad to have you on. I'm glad. And again, this is way overdue now. A little bit behind, I guess a little bit of a personal thing is um, a lot of people don't realize, because again, me and Zach have known each other for going on three years now, three seasons. It's kind of, a, he doesn't want to admit it, but it's kind of because of him I've even gotten into this. Like I was not, like I always wanted to do this and we kind of always joked about doing a podcast just for our league. And then the opportunity arose, and he he actually started writing this year before I got into it. I got kind of jealous. I, mean, I was like, dang, Zach's doing this? I want to give it a shot. So I found a way, and now, obviously, it's kind of turned into what it's turned into. I write for Fantrax. I host my own podcast, Bases Loaded Pod. I'm, I'm hosting this podcast. I'm a busy man these days, man. And it's all it really is all because of you, and I don't care what you say, so I'm really thankful for it. For, like, you know what? You pushed me, man. You know, I feel like, you know what, last, uh, I feel like, la- like last night, a, pr- a proud poppy, you know, uh, Juan Soto hit the, uh, the walk-off hit, and then after the game he was interviewed, his dad tackled him to the ground. I, I, and he's, and Soto has achieved more than his dad has. So I feel like you've, <laughs> you've surpassed me, you, like, um, in terms of being active in the industry and your knowledge and everything. So I'm, I'm, man, I'm proud of you for what you've done and because you've already, you've always said this is what you want to do and you've put way more into it the effort level you put into is unmatched man like i'm you know what it's it's great what you're doing and i thank you because you push we push each other i think um but i'd also be remiss to not thank fake teams like heath and pete and all the guys there even like joe um they've been really they made it a lot easier to get into um i guess you call it the industry i don't really consider myself an expert 
per se, but it's been, it's easier, it's easier than you think. And you know what? Um, I don't want to, I don't want to, I guess, um, make light of what you've done because what you've done honestly is very impressive. And, um, I think you're uh, a great analyst. Um, and I think you're doing an amazing job. So, well, I'm, I, 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 I'm, I'm just, I'm just happy to be here. Um, I'm happy <laughs> yeah, I hear you, man. I'm, I'm happy to be a guest on your show. Yeah, no, and I'm I'm obviously happy to have you. This won't be the last time, but a little bit. This is this is popping your cherry, man. It's your first ever podcast, so it's I'm true. actually happy. I'm happy I had the chance to do this. But all right, be gentle. I man. mean, I know I know we praise each other enough now. People are probably like, all right, time to move on from the pillow talk. Um, yeah, I just yeah, I just again, it's and yeah, you're right. Fake teams. I that's my fault. I, again, I'm being given this opportunity to be a part of this show that you know they're looking for a host, and I have a little bit of availability somehow, and if anybody's really interested just a quick touch on what you said if anybody's honestly really interested in this industry it is super welcoming i mean you have people like me yourself and others that we were just in that position where we weren't sure we were gonna do this and now i mean we have done this and quite successfully to a point and there's a lot of room to grow and it's just it's kind of it's just an awesome welcoming industry so and we're just we lean on each other it's not a like i don't i don't feel like it's a competitive thing at all i think your your success is my success there's room for for both of us to, to achieve what we want to achieve here. And with that being said, this is episode 14 of the Double Switch podcast. Again, I'm super appreciative of Fake Teams for taking me on. This will be a bi-weekly podcast, and we're getting started first thing. Season just wrapped up. Playoffs are starting. But we had some keep, keeper questions we wanted to go ahead and discuss. I mean, it's keeper season. This is the time of year where some people have to make decisions. Some people have to, uh, you know... That's why I just say make decisions. Um, and you know, my keeper leagues are my favorite type of leagues. Yeah, and you know what? We we don't we don't play in keeper leagues together. I don't think for baseball, um, but they are my favorites. And a roto keeper league is the be all end all for me because I like to play leagues that um, you bank on the upside. Rotos are very much an upside game. It's sort of like you don't play poker to finish fifth. You play roto to finish first. Um, same idea. And I think any any type of edge you can get in a league is um, you can play on that very well. So for Roto, you want to I, I think the, playing the upside card gives you an edge over someone else um, that that's not. And then playing in a keeper league, you can always get that edge. So that's why I'm always on the Pete Alonzo's, the Glasnows per se, because those are your upside players. And you know what, you're young. I guess younger prospect type players are the players that most likely are going to give you that upside edge. So that's why I always, and that's sort of the answer to the question you, you um, asked before, why, why do you get into the prospect type keeper type lead? Um, why does that interest you more? And that, that is, that is sort of why, because I feel like you can gain that you can gain that edge is more easily attainable and um, makes more sense to makes more sense to compete that way in a keeper league. Oh, for sure. And honestly, my first ever dynasty league was because of you again. And I, a lot of it was just for my own research to kind of get, you know, the grasp on the, on the mayor, on the Mariners, on the minor leaguers. Some of them, some of them are Mariners like Noel V. Marte, but <laughs> like, these are like, I was, again, like I've been, like, I've been playing catch up. I'm, I'm finally kind of there. Like now, like next year I have got eyes on guys that aren't your typical Joe Adele's, your Luis Robert's like the obvious you put out a tweet the other day. And I know this is kind of off the cuff, but if you had to pick, let's say three names, three names next year, you're going in to draft season, throwing maybe a dollar on them in auctions or late round flyer. Doesn't matter what league type, just three guys that might be 
kind of in the peripherals, like that should probably be taken just for the upside, but there are minor leaguers that might have a chance of breaking camp, like maybe like a Tatis or Alonzo. Like, are there a couple guys that are just not, again, not the obvious that you're, that you're really interested in? Well, yeah. And I just, um, this morning, uh, an article came out that I wrote, um, it's called the keeper league primer and it goes through, um, it goes through, uh, players you should target, um, in different size leagues. So I guess what we're sort of getting at here is sort of your mid-sized league where you keep eight to 15 guys, just sort of dart throws. It might, like, like you said, like build up steam from like now October through draft season to the end of March. Um, because you saw Alonzo built a lot of steam at the end of the draft season this year, like in, in March he was going for a dollar or two. And then by the end of March, he'd be going for almost 10. Same with Tatis. And those guys, um, you know what, right now, um, I don't want to take away your guy because I'll let you, I'll let you mention him, but, um, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Debbie Garcia, I think, um, he has a lot of upside in his K nine, Nate Pearson, um, a lot of upside, um, Jorge Mateo on the A's, um, sneaky, Drew Waters. Man. That's a sneaky Drew one Wa- there. It is, yeah. I, you know what? We didn't talk about him before, I don't think, but um, when we were on Twitter, uh, no, and then I, and then Bruce Bruce Dargatterell on the Twins. I think he could earn a spot in the starting rotation. He throws 100 miles an hour, uh, almost as fast as Nate Pearson. Um, but those those are the, those are the guys sort of off the cuff. I don't know. You probably have a couple off uh, the top of your head as well. Well, and that's and you touched on a lot of them. And those are guys that I honestly wasn't necessarily eyeing come draft season. Those are guys that obviously. I mean, I probably. I mean, I know like Seth Beer's a guy that. I completely I, – I, he was a guy I, I thought about, then I forgot about him, then Joe uh, Joe Gentile mentioned him the other day on Twitter. I was like, that's right. That's one of the guys. So, yep. like, Seth Beer, I think, has a legitimate shot at being uh, called up or being part of the opening day roster slash called up. And this isn't just keeper relevant. This is also redraft relevant because these guys will be late-round flyers or guys you should keep on your watch list. Depending on those or, an, or, an, or, an, or an NA spot. On an, if you, an if NA you have spot. those, yeah. But one guy I really want to focus like my biggest like he will be on all my teams. I will fight you for him and I will outbid you if I have to. But that's my my guy Dylan Carlson. I've been on him for a while now. I have made sure to have him. I have him in every dynasty league. I'm pretty sure. I think I traded him away in one for a win now piece that did not work out. So I'm really regretting <laughs> it. I think it was in a Zach Wheeler deal back when Wheeler was dealing. <laughs> um, again, I was trying to win now and you got to give up a little bit to go for it and it didn't work out. It was in our, it was in our dynasty Rota league, I believe. Anyway. If you take a look at what he's done, and he was intrigued, he actually got the call to AAA, and although his walk rate and K rate kind of dip, he's pretty much typically a 20% K rate guy, a 10% walk rate guy, and offers 2020 upside, like floor, it looks like, at least what he from his breakout last year. He's close yeah, to like uh, a 280 hitter and just a solid all around, like on base guy. And he, they're already, I've already heard reports of him fighting for the uh, starting outfield spot next year over there in St. Louis. So, He's a guy that if you can go get him relatively cheap in dynasty leagues right now, or if he's available in your keeper leagues, he might be worth one of those last keeper spots. Just for I, highly, I highly doubt if he's available in a dynasty league, but if he is, I agree. I agree with everything you're saying. Um, yeah, in a keeper league, you know what? He, he's one of those guys that, yeah, he'll be, I think he'll be drafted next year in redraft leagues. He should, and it's gonna be it's gonna be my team. I'm gonna have him ranked. He might be a fringe top 200 guy. I might be really aggressive on him. But then I'm obviously I'm gonna have to dumb them down. I, my thing, it's really hard to get ranks going right now because you just don't know anything. You really don't. Spring, like you have to really, you, re, you know, you, I, I'll put them out there and then I'll revamp them as this offseason goes. But I'm gonna be pretty aggressive on him. Remember, remember Mercado? I, I was super high on him, but last year there was no way I had him ranked inside my top 300 initially. But I should have. You know what I mean? So it's like I learned my lesson. It's, it's tough. No, but I, I agree. And you know what? Like I said before, it's upside. 
Like, are, am I going to draft Dylan Carlson at the end of my draft or throw two, three dollars on him over? I don't know. I'm trying to think of a player. I'm, I'm, I don't know why I'm thinking of Adam Jones, but he's probably not going to even be drafted. But like a Jay Bruce, hell, I'm going to take. Um, I'll take Carlson over those guys. Exactly. Any of those guys. And that's my point. Like, and again, it goes back. I'm just have to remind myself that it's okay to be a little aggressive and a little against the grain because those are like, these are the type of picks that if, if I'm going to get him, like, if I can get him in round 20 instead of 25, like, cause I've like, you know, again, we do auctions. Me and you are big on auctions, but a lot of people don't, a lot of people, a lot of people don't care for auctions at all. So I try to throw rounds in there, but in a 12 yeah. team mix in a 12 team mix, I will stash him on my bench and take him around that pick at round 20. But people are like, Oh, well, what about this guy, this guy? I want upside that late. If I miss on somebody with a solid floor, like a, I don't, like you now I'm over here blanking on names, like a Corey Dickerson who showed up late last year. Good, year, good, I mean, good, 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 uh, good example. Like somebody like somebody like that, like, although Dickerson looked great and I'm sure he could, could be good. I want a chance on a guy who can be a difference maker, not a guy that, not a guy that, um, that is kind of a known commodity who had a little bit of an outbreak this year. And this kind of goes into the whole juice ball thing. They've already discussed addressing the ball. So I'm going to, I'm going to rank players assuming that home runs are going down. Like that's going to be, it's going to be a big for me. I'm going to kind of like, like Ketel Marte has kind of started following my rankings. Not really, not huge, but someone like him where I think 38 turns into closer to 30 or high twenties. Like that's, that's where it's like, I'm starting to tame down some of my rankings just based on what I've already heard about the juice ball being addressed. It's hard to argue that. So Again, Dylan Carlson and two guys I'm going to mention real quick. Injury guys. I'm I think I'm gonna write an article about this because I think it's a little underrated. It's there's two guys coming off injury and I named them both on Twitter that I think are strong candidates to be stashed. Now, if you want somebody who's like a solid high floor guy that's going to give you a lot of runs and great in OBP and points leagues, that's Andrew McCutcheon coming off his ACL. He's going to slot right back into that top three, I believe. I at least I believe in that in that lineup. And there's at least a hundred runs there. The average is okay, about 260, 265, but the on-base is usually a solid 350. So it's like, that's like I feel like that's a solid, like, you know, again, depends how deep how, how deep really league is, how many keepers you get, but he's somebody that might be sneaky and probably might be available. And then you have Lance McCullers that people, like, even I forgot, like, there was, a ch- there was a time where you were choosing between McCullers and Paxton. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that decision but, was happening. You know what? McCullers might be a reliever, though. That is my life. only concern. But what? Over who? Like what? Whitley, Grinky, Verlander. Assuming I got it. Hey, I've got a name, and you know what? I like. Um, it's in. It's in my article, and uh, I can get into some of the names that we were just talking about to maybe add to um, your McCutcheons because he is on my list as well. Christian Javier on the Astros. His canine and uh, his Sorry, canine is his canine is ridiculous, and uh, he could earn himself a spot over some of the Astros um, pitchers next year. Like even Forrest Whitley, there is the chance that um, there's a chance that Javier is starting in the bigs before Whitley, and he's number one with a bullet um, for those deeper league, non-top 100 prospects to be stashing in your dynasty leagues. Him on my list. Yeah, I, I I honestly am not too familiar with him. I won't I, I won't sit here and try to talk him up. I'm gonna let you do that. I'm just I was just looking at McCullers and man I I mean if he's a if he's a middle reliever he might still have relevance in roto leagues next year but he's not worth keeping this year he'd be somebody you draft mid rounds like a Peacock or not Peacock um a Preston is that the name Preston why am I thinking Preston um the, well, Peacock reliever, Brad, Brad, Brad Peacock on the Astros right no I know Peacock but what's oh uh, Pre- Pre- Presley 
Presley. Thank you. I was blanking. I feel like McCullers has that multi-inning high upside role. I mean, I'm just looking at some of his numbers. Is like he was really showing improvements in 2018 before the injury, as far as like all his ratios go, a little bit down on the K's. But right. And in, in the article that I just wrote, he's he's on the list. I have 12 guys that are for, uh, 12 guys that aren't prospects in deeper league, deeper dynasty formats that were actually getting dropped. And I can just quickly read off them. Um, okay. McCullers, McCutcheon. Cespedes, and I have in brackets, I know, I know, you, you, you never know, but Cespedes, he's not rostered anymore. He's like 40 um, years old. <laughs> yeah, I know. He should probably not be. I, like, I agree. I, I agree. He probably shouldn't be on this list. But, it's, but he's part of that list, yes. I agree. Yeah, I know. I don't like him. But um, I'm saying, like, I, I agree. Like, he belongs, like, he does belong on that list, just not a high priority on it. Yeah. Tyon, um, Jameson Tyon, uh, he might even be on the list above this because he is probably the best player on this list. He's going to um, be out all of next year, though, so it's really tough. Oh, is he? I, I didn't know that. So, yeah, that, in that case, yeah, it's pro- he probably does fit here. Brad Zimmer on the, in the Indians. I know your boy Mercado, Mercado took, like, is decreasing his value, but he's still there. He still has um, 30 stolen base upside. Greg Polanco, I know you were on him big time. Oh, I love to meet some Polanco. Domingo Santana, Aaron Hicks, just injured players. Ian, even Ian Happ, until recently, he was doing nothing, and now he still might not be rostered. Um, very similarly to Clint Fla- Clint Frazier, Taiwan Walker, and even Michael Pineda because of injury. That's sort of my list of fringe guys in deep leagues that are sort of eh, getting forgotten about now. But um, like it's not over. For, it's not over for them. Those these these players could be very valuable at some point later. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm just thinking, I'm like, we've been, like, I, this wasn't supposed to happen, but of course we got off on a long tangent and we haven't gotten to any of the questions. And it's funny because I want to mention, I'm actually doing, I'm in the middle of a deep dive article and I wanted, I told you off air, I have a guy that I know you will not be touching next year probably, but I am making a case that you need to buy back in on him. Now you wanted some guesses. Let me give you, let me, let me give you, okay, he's a lefty. That's not, is he, is he a hitter? He's a hitter. It's old dude. I explain this to fan tracks. I explain this like my hitting analysis is is ten times better than my pitching analysis. My pitching analysis isn't bad, but I'm definitely it's like you know you know when you have your strengths and weaknesses. My strengths are clearly the hitter side of things. So t- nine times out of ten, it's going to be a hitter. But yes, this time it's a it's definitely a hitter. It's an NL. It's in the NL Central, lefty. Okay. And real quick for the for you know it's sometimes it's hard to think this quickly. Schwarber. Yes. Okay. You, well, because you hate him, so that was easy for you. Um, well, I don't, I don't hate him, but yeah, you're right. I'm ne- I'm never on him. A big thing, and I'm just I'm not going to go too into it because again, I'm writing about him. But if you take the time to go look at a Statcast page, and I'm not all in on Statcast data, but there are a lot of tangible changes going on. And I did some I did some homework. I stayed up while last night. I looked up videos, and there's a legit change in his uh, batting stance from the first half to the second half, and with it came change in production. And, you know, I don't know if – I mean, if you've read my stuff, if you listen to me talk, I am so big on tangible change. If there is production that follows a tangible change, just like Tyone with his slider usage, stuff like that, I am usually all in on him. And the draft price will allow me to take that chance. He's going to be outside the top 100. He'll be going in anywhere between rounds 8 and 12, get roughly, you know, because he had such a strong second half. And I'm breaking him down really well, including what I found. Again, and this is where I feel proud because I actually did the homework – I didn't depend on anybody to tell me that he changed his swing. I looked at the numbers, saw some stuff. I'm like, let me go see. And there was a tangible swing change, obvious to the eye. And I'm not a scout. And he's just, dude, it's 
I mean, he's, he's putting more balls in opposite field. So the shift might happen less for him. And if he keeps this approach, man, it's just, I think he can be a really solid, he's definitely a late round. He's definitely gonna be a later power source and you could build around him too. He allows you, he's like a 40 home run guy almost. And he allows you to build up your batting average up until him in case the batting average falls down, falls out. But the strong second half paired with the changes, just I'm, I'm smitten. I'm falling in love with this guy. You know what? You're, you're kind of, uh, you're kind of selling me on this. Okay. Um, I don't no, want to sell I, you I, on this. He's mine. No, you know what? You know what? I, but I agree with your, I agree with what you're saying. And you know what? In, in our auctions, I never, I'm never on that tier of players like the, the Schwarbers, like in well next year, but like your players, like your Nelson Cruz or your um, Lorenzo Kane, like mid 10 to $15 guys, because I'm usually break the bank on some, Guys are really, really low that are stud, and then then take the upside uh, sleepers like your glass now is for a couple of bucks. That's that's what I usually do. So I'm never on that price of player. So again, I probably won't be on your Schwarbers next year. I won't be on players like that. But uh, no, I I do agree with what you're saying, and especially if he's going to get some consistent playing time and he's um, he's more removed from that injury. You know what? What you're saying, you know what? Like he could he could move up draft boards really quick. Well, and you know, everyone talks about how how bad he struggles versus lefties, but and I'm going to highlight this as well. Again, this whoever's listening to this before my article drops, will have a sneak peek. But he, like he didn't, don't get me wrong, he did not hit well against lefties last year. Two seventeen, I think it was on the year. But if you look at just the second half, he hit two forty against them. And if he can hit two forty against lefties, that is huge for him. Yeah, that's yeah, absolutely absolutely absolutely. So I'm not, I, I, it's hard to say he's going to hit 240 on a full season against lefties, but it's still growth. And although he's not young, young anymore, he's still relatively young. So there, it's not too late for him to kind of progress in his career, especially coming off what was supposed to be kind of an almost like an elite prospect pedigree. Not elite, but like definitely a solid prospect pedigree and highly touted. And right. so that's why it's like, I'm like, I'm buying back in. And if you if you're in points or OBP leagues or or any or OPS, he gains that much more value for you. He's somebody you might want to take it inside the top 100 because of the OBP, especially if there's no batting average, because then he hits every category for you except for stolen bases. Uh, or if you're in an OBP league, you just grabbed uh, Vogelbach in the last round, who walks oh, 100 goodness. times. Vogelbach, man, oh, he hits like 200. <laughs> I know, but in an OBP league, he walks 100 times. I know. That's why. That's why, man. I still hate him. I'll never talk to him. Yeah, well, don't worry. If you're ever in a draft with Joe, he'll never let you have him. <laughs> Joe ranks him regressively. So, okay. Da-na-na-na. We are going to get to your questions finally. So, we received, I think, 13 questions. So, I guess we filled a little bit of time until then. Um, yeah, just a, just a bit. <laughs> it's been – we've been at this for about, what, 15, 20 minutes, whatever. We'll figure it out. Anyway. At least. Keeper questions. Now, I reformatted them to be very reader-friendly for us but I will give credit to the person. So we're going to start with number one from at the real Banksy 81. It's a 10 teamer head to head with standard category. So I'm guessing your typical five by five. Oh, this is the one that I sort of chimed in and gave a spoiler, spoiler alert on, on Twitter. Yeah, well, and I think we're gonna be on the same page here is keep nine. He already has trout, Acuna, Harper, Lindor, and Cole. Oh, and story and Jose Ramirez. So of the two remain, uh, so he wants us to, cho- to choose two of the remaining. First of all, Humble brag, I'm assuming, was, was what he was getting off with the, on this. Uh, but of the two remaining, you have Verlander, Strasburg, and Catal Marte. I personally am going to go with the pitchers there because of the floor he already has on the hitting side. 
I agree with you. I think yeah. Verlander is a no-brainer. And, like, and I just want to bring up the point that I've, this is the same point I made to you before and in, in my article is that in a, in a shallower league, 10 teams, where you're going to have a lot of turnover, you're going you're gonna to you're gonna be able to find that next, um, well, Wander Franco or in this case, Tatis. Don't worry about age. Like I'll take Verlander even over your Clevengers or Beavers because you know what? He is a top four starting pitcher right now. And you know what? There's going to be turnover. And look at your team already. This this guy is clearly a good player. Humble brag. He's got all these studs. So he's going to have no problem uh, in this league finding your next stud. So forget about Marte. I agree. Yeah. And again, it's hard because I, I understand why I put Ketel Marte there. But with his his particular team for of like layout, it makes a Marte. It's crazy to say, but Marte's not a keeper for him. You get those pitchers. And you pretty much I, – I don't see how you lose in this league, with, with assuming that assuming health, obviously. But Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it even matters. I think you, you should win this league regardless. Um, if you can trade before the season starts, like I, it, I know it pains you to drop an, an asset like Marte. So if you can trade him for a draft pick or something, try that. But um, if, that's allowed, even if, yeah. if that's allowed, I, I, always, I always want to see if that's allowed. But I'd be I'd, – if that is, I'd be looking to trade – Strasburg or Marte actually in that in that in that uh, in that matter. If you can take Strasburg and Marte and maybe pair them and go after a Scherzer or if you want to maybe go for a Bueller or somebody. I know Bueller Bueller is not much above Strasburg next season, but long term, you know what I mean. Like there's a lot yeah. more value there. Maybe do something yeah. that you, you pair because it's not like an in season trade. It's not, because you 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 can if somebody doesn't have the keepers you do and they're looking to to increase the number of excellent keepers they have, then yeah, like like what you're saying, Mike, you can you can go just a notch above Strasburg and use Marte as that leverage. I know like you're throwing in a stud, but really he's of no value to you. So anything you can get is incremental. Exactly. And again, it, it, people, the league might go crazy. Oh, you're paying way too much, but you're really not, no, at least for you, at least again, because of what you're gaining. Right. So we covered that one really well. I've actually been trying to stop transitioning with the word so, but I guess I keep it going today. David at David Doug 39. First off, David, I'm hoping you're listening. This is a good dude, man. I mean, I've had a chance to meet him through, uh, I, I collect baseball cards now, Zach. I don't know if I told you that. And David and I are a lot in a lot of the same um, what are called breaks. So I just we, got one. I got one question: Is his first name David or Doug? I think it's David. Okay, <laughs> I've, so. I've I've actually talked to him on the side before. That hopefully I mess up his name. I thought it was David. Oh well, Probably. David Doug. Pretty sure it's David. Call call him Double D. Oh wait, it's David Ugg. I'm not sure. David. Oh, it's okay. I miswrote it. I've called him Dave. I think it's David, but I think it's D A V I D O U G, not David Doug. David Ugg okay. or Diva Doug. I don't know, man. He'll know who he is. <laughs> He's probably laughing right now. And honestly, nobody else listening gives a crap. Um, for, okay, so <laughs> I, don't even, I, don't, I don't even care. Yeah. Well, I do because he's a good guy, and he's he's. We've talked a lot behind the scenes. He's a good dude. So I try to do it right. Dave, just uh, DM me. We'll we'll get this figured out. Uh, <laughs> format so he has two formats i guess he's considering keeping them in one is a head okay. uh sorry i should say him he has tommy edmund he just wants to know if he's the real deal or worth keeping now before we get into that part which is kind of its own question he has him in a head-to-head points mixed league which i'm guessing is 
anywhere from 10 to 15 teams. He didn't really specify team total, but he also has them in NL only. First off, anybody is worth rostering in NL only. I think I said this on Twitter. If they have a pulse and they actually have – and I think Edmund actually has a chance at starting every day next year. He's NL only, no questions asked, you keep him. But head-to-head points, I'm not sure about. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He's got the he's fifteen for sixteen on stolen bases. Um, that's a roto asset, though. That's the thing. Yeah, that's what I mean. I know. Um, the power's not real, by the way. Sorry to burst your bubble. The power is not real at all. Yeah, he looks like a speed guy. He's got he's pacing for like fifteen triples and thirty stolen bases. So he looks like a, I don't know, like in, maybe an Adam Eaton upside type of guy. Well, and here's the thing. Like, you would think, oh, well, he went just like, you know, what? he had 92 games this year. It was a big second half. He had 11 home runs, 17 stolen bases. You would think, oh, well, there's that power-speed combo. The problem is, man, he ranks, what, in hard hit rate, he ranks in the 20th percentile, 2-0, 20th percentile. So he's below league average. He's below league average in exit velocity, and that ball is not going to stay juiced. And in the minor leagues, his highest total ever – was um, seven this year, again, where they're using the juiced ball in AAA. But the rest of it is very – so, again, in Roto Leagues, any Roto League that's like that you need speed, he's going to be a great late, later, a mid to late round guy to go after because the rest of him from what I was looking at seems legit. He seems like a, a 280 to 300 hitter. His on-base skills are, are real. He barely strikes out. I think the highest he ever struck out was, struck out was in 2017, 22% of the time. Otherwise, he sits around 14 to 16% in strikeout rate. Walks, he's always around six to eight percent. So, I mean, there's a high average, a high bad, but high average floor, and the speed is real. What was the speed again? Speed was 96th percentile. So, with that hit tool and that speed, he will be a solid average guy and a solid speed guy. Great asset in roto leagues and category leagues. Head to head points, head to head points, he loses a lot of value. Because, well, I mean, he's good in OBP, so he doesn't lose a lot of value, but he's just one of those. It's it's he's fringe. If you if it's a deep if it's if it's a fifteen team league and he's like between him and John Birdie or something, for lack of a better name right now, then you go with Edmund. But it's hard. I don't know how many teams are involved. So he's fringe in points, but definitely an NL only, no doubt about it. Right, sixteen walks at sixty one strikeouts. Well, that was that was this year, all right. That was that was a four point six percent this year, but it's only a seventeen point five percent K rate, and that's kind of who he is like that k rate's pretty legit and that's actually higher than like i said every mark except for one one season in high a ball in 2017 other than that he's always been 15.3 or lower so the where do you think five percent k rate seems real where do you think he gets drafted in mixed leagues next year mixed leagues i think he's going to be a late round well he might move up because of the speed man you can't ignore speed in mixed leagues at all but because of him, I'm getting more and more like, – because of him and a couple other guys, Colton Wong and others that I'm not huge fans of otherwise, but their speed is so real. I'm getting more excited and more comfortable kind of avoiding speed or fading speed in the beginning of the drafts and gaining the value and the, you know, the better overall hitters. And I think he's going to be somebody you see – because I think he might even have multi-positional eligibility. That might be a possibility. Right now it shows on fan graphs he's second base, third base eligible. So – especially second base eligible, he's going to be going probably top 150. You know where I like this guy? I'll tell you. Next year when we're doing auctions, I'm going to nominate him first because I want him to go for $7, $8 where he'd go for a buck or two at the end of the auction if you just ignore him because well, I, don't I, I, don't, I don't want him. I don't want him. You don't want him? 
Why? No, I don't want. I do. I do not want him. I think well, he. Dude, I think. Uh, I think people are gonna. I think people are gonna over. Somebody's gonna overpay for this guy next year. Yeah, that's the thing. Someone's always because the problem is you're gonna have guys who draft, a la someone like me might draft a little power heavy or you know other position like other. Yep, that's heavy. It's gonna leave me chasing guys like this, and then someone yep. like you that's gonna. Me and you do too. This is, this is why I'm trying to get away from leagues with you because you you're the guy that you're the guy who nominates him first, second, you know, first second pick you, nomination you have, and now like you did that with me, with Josh Bell. I didn't have the money. You priced me out Josh Bell one uh, in one league last year, and probably did. Bell didn't have the best second half. He was coming back around before the injury, but regardless, this the production was the production, and he was still a solid contributor. And you you screwed me out of him because you knew I liked him. You knew he was gaining some hype, and you put him up early. So I'm done drafting with you. You ruined it. <laughs> well, so, yeah, we got a couple of leagues left. We got a couple of leagues together still. Yeah, and you no. know what you and you know what, you do the same thing to me because you know what you you know I like all those uh, all those prospects. You're uh-huh. nominating you nominate Glaber Torres that, that year. You're nominating Alex Reyes. You're nominating Pete Alonso. You know who <laughs> I you know who I want to. Well, Chris Chris Paddock. Well, I see, but I, yeah, I'll probably do that to you again this year. So it's it's fair. <laughs> it all goes around. It does. It's fair. We get along. We get along so well. We hate each other at the same time. All it's right. It's fun. At Eric underscore Tompkin, he has a uh, again. I didn't get a team amount, but head to head category six by six with total bases in K per nine. You keep five. You keep five players forever. He's already keeping Baez and Bellinger. So of the of the remaining players, he needs to pick three. Correa, Harper. This one was the hardest one for me. Correa, yeah. Harper, Franco, Adele. Flaherty, Soroka, and Hira. Who are what are your three there? And there's one guy I want to talk about in particular in general. But who well, are I'll, your three? I don't know if I don't even know if I've decided yet because it's so difficult. But I'll tell you one guy I eliminated right off the bat was Soroka because of the K9. Yes. I'm with you. He he was off, he was off my list. And you know who I love on this list. I'm I was all over him this year. Flaherty is gonna be one of mine. Yep. Um and you know what? Five keepers means that you're going to be so behind the eight ball if you don't have five guys that are going to contribute right away because most teams are going to have five, can find five studs that are better or almost equal to Correa. So you know what? I'm not going to, it pains me. I'm not going to keep um, Wander Frank or Adele because I want somebody that's, I need people that are going to be up right away. It's going to be Correa and Harper for me. Correa, Harper, Flaherty. See. We agree on two out of three. Can you guess which one I'm not keeping? I'm sure it's obvious. Korea. Yes. Can you guess which one I am keeping? Um, I'm keeping Flaherty. I'm keeping Harper. We agree on those. And then I will – it's probably going to be easy. You're going to be keeping uh, Wander Franco. Yes. And that goes back to the one guy. I think Franco – I know he could literally miss all of next year, but he has the – if he literally is the next Acuna – I'm willing to I'm willing to bite the bullet and waste one not waste but utilize one of my keepers for him and it's because of the fact that Cray is not a top five round pick right now anyway. Good point. That's a very good point. And Franco, although he's not a top five round pick next year, you get I guarantee you somebody will be cute and try to get him early because he's available. At least that's how I look at it. I'd rather take Franco, hold him, hold on to him, and honestly. You could probably even keep him and trade him for a better player than Correa right now. 
you know what? I can't argue with anything you're saying. And I got two points, two conflicting points. Go one point, it, one point, one point is an argument for keeping Franco, and one point is an argument for not keeping Franco. My point to keep Franco is that I was in an eight keeper league, similar thing, keep forever. And you know what? I passed on Acuna uh, the year before he got called up. I knew he was going to be a stud, but I kept George Springer instead, just because I that's, knew Springer was, Springer was a third round pick at the time. Acuna that, was going to be not terrible though, because Springer's still a third round pick. So it's like you took the high floor, you hedged your bet. Sure, you lost, but that's at the time I can understand it, especially if you're competing. okay. Okay, so that's that, and now I regret that. So you know what? That would uh, that would make me inclined to say, you know what? I'm not going to make that mistake again. I'm going to keep Franco, and I have Franco in that league. And I have the same similar type of decision. Do I keep Franco or Altuve? Anyways, I'm, I'm going off topic. The point is, and my point to keeping Correa over Franco is think back three, uh, four years ago. Who's more hyped? Correa, before he got called up in, I think it was July, the year that he got called up, I think it was 2017, or Franco now. I think it's not that far off. So, and Correa is still, what, 23, 24 years old? So the pedigree, the upside, I don't think is much different. Huh. I never really, I didn't really, I didn't think of it that way, but I don't think, I don't remember Co- anybody. Co- Correa was the number one prospect. He was the number one prospect. I, that, I remember that. that just I like Franco. I think the big thing about Correa though, is that we know he's not running anymore. That team does not run. They don't need to. He could be hitting seventh in that lineup, which, and you know, I'm all over Korea and redraft. I'm going to be targeting him like a madman at his reduced price. He's going for super prices and offers Freddie Freeman upside. Like, I want that guy. Like, yeah, that's not yeah the I, I know, I know. It's just it's, Wanda Franco has potential all six and total bases. We're talk, I think he has potential six category upside where Korea has five. Korea has this chronic back issue, which again, I don't know why I love him. I love Korea. I don't know why I love him so much and why I'm so confident in him, but I'm and at the same time. I'm talking you out of him or trying to, I just want one. I just want Frankie because I think in the first round, he can still get Korea back. Man. I'm so invested in Korea from the start, yes, even this year, even this year from in dynasty startups, I was taking him as a second rounder, first rounder, um, because I was all over him from the start. And you know what? He hasn't panned out. He's been a bust in terms of a dynasty player. It's ter- but- in terms of in terms of like if you look at it like a per plate appearance or per game, he's been fantastic. But he just isn't playing enough games now. Yeah. Does he get it- he's young. You'd think he get it figured out, but is this him just get working through it? Is this him the start of like a career that's hinged? Like you know that's taken off the hinges by injury that just, you know, like one of those, like what could have been deals still too early to tell. I, again, I love Correa. I love him and I love him in redraft because he's going, he's falling way too far because of the injuries. But in this situation, I want Franco because I really do think in his first round, I don't care if it's a 12th pick in the first round, there's going to be, I think Correa still will be available in at the end of a first round in this type of league, considering where he's going to be going ADP wise next season. And that's going to, you know, ADP, a lot of people fall into that trap and buy into it too much, but ADP will dictate that. I think ADP is going to have him around pick 60 or 70, which is way too low. And I agree. He'll, be, he'll be able to snag him. He'll be able to get snagged. He'll be able to get snagged up with that first round pick. Assuming that he gets that first, assuming that he has one next year. Another, another point in your favor to keep Franco, even though I'm still keeping Correa is that, <laughs> You know what? Franco could be on that expedited timeline, like the timeline Acuna, Soto, getting to the majors way quicker than anyone thinks, and people are going to whiff on him, like in this case. Um, he could be up by the end of August, I don't know, because he just is killing it in the minors. 
So, and this is a head-to-head league. So you get him for the playoffs this year, potentially. Probably not, but there's another there's an argu- another argument in favor of keeping Franco. So you're at the end of the day because we've been we've st- we've been on this topic for a bit now, and I think we've beat it into the ground. At the end of the day, you're keeping Correa, even though you could see all the reasons for Franco. I'm saying go with the upside and maybe target Correa in the first round of next year. So I'm 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 kind of taking the chance. I'm keeping Franco, and honestly, if you don't get Correa and you realize you're competing or you think you can still compete, you can still try. I still think you could trade Franco for a solid value, especially the farther along you keep him. To you know, and the fact that he could be up sooner than later. So. Yep. Yep. Number four at MDRC0508. Uh, 12 teamer head to head points league. Keep three. I think we both agree Bellinger and Jordan Alvarez or, or Jordan Alvarez are obvious here, right? Yes. Obvious. Now, so yes. basically, it turns, it turns into a keep one out of five names, and you can go any way. And the five names that we're keep, we decided to keep one out of are Soroka, you Darvish, Eugenio, Eugenio Suarez. Austin Meadows and Eddie Rosario. I know my guy. I'll let you go first again. My guy is Meadows. Ooh. Upside, upside in youth. I'm taking him. See, Eddie Rosario was automatically his OBP is not good enough to uh, for me to want yeah, him. He, he was my first one wiped off the list right away. Yes, I and Suarez was very intriguing because yes. of that power surge and you know big power guy in a roto. You know, I love Meadows, but Meadows, I said no to. I said Soroka. And it's a lot of it is because not because I like him more than Meadows, like in a vacuum, but head to head points leagues, pitchers are huge for. You know what? I'm no expert in that in that format. I don't play head to head points leagues, so you probably are more knowledgeable than me. So people should probably take your advice here. <laughs> well, if you're looking at if you're looking like long term in a vacuum, obviously I would have taken Meadows as well, but Soroka, you mentioned the Caper 9 is not that great, but the win potential, the quality start potential, that's all there. And in a division that has the Mets that are hit or miss, the Phillies that can really swing a bat or be hit or miss as well, but then definitely the Marlins. And you don't have to face the Braves, which are the best. It's a tougher division. I mean, the Nats are good too, so maybe the division isn't a good argument for it. But in points leagues, yeah, that's the thing. Points leagues, pitchers score the most points, period. They don't – they play – you know, they only start once a week half the time. but they score the most points and I'm always going to get at least out of the end with such a high quality hitters. So I'm going to, I want that. I want that solid starter. Darvish is interesting, but I would trust Soroka and obviously being a keeper, Soroka has the youth on his side and ace potential. I'm going to go with Soroka, especially in the points league. I know, like you said, you're not, you're not familiar. You don't play points. I play just enough to understand it. So, and that was my first ever league was points league. So. Right. No, I think that's, I, I can't, I can't say anything wrong, but wrong with that. Um, and I agree. I don't trust Darvish. So, you know what, if I were to choose a pitcher, I'd agree with Soroka. Oh, I actually trust Darvish. Just not, I don't have him as ranked as high. I like, I, Darvish as SP, I like, I'm back on the Darvish bandwagon too. Go figure. Don't, don't trust him. He's like a cheating girlfriend. <laughs> but you, but you, so is Schwarber. And look at me. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a glutton for punishment, man. Yeah. 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 You're a soccer. I'm a sucker, but you know what? Maybe this mar- maybe it'll work out, and I'll get married, or I'll just I'll just leave. leave. <laughs> Good man. 2020 is the year of, dec- of of decisions. Like Sonny Gray, I'm yeah. back on him too. It's just I'm 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 coming back. I'm I'm back, baby. I walk into this door with my bags, and I'm like, please, yeah. come back, even though I did nothing. Yeah, wrong. well, 
We'll talk next August when Sun Gray has half your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> half my pension. Half yeah, my- yeah. Oh, oh man. At, De- at Doug Dennis, 41. Format, it's a NL only 5x5 five five with OBP. So I'm guessing OBP instead of average. These are – oh, it's NL only. So all three of these guys have relevance. You have Garrett Cooper, Alex Verdugo, and Franchi Cordero. But all of them are $1, and you can only keep one. Which one are you going to hold on to? I think you can go first, but I think we're going to agree. I'm, I mean, to be completely honest, I honestly was looking at Cooper the other day, and he fell off. I'm kind of off on him. Franchi, uh, it's just that's still such a crowded like, situation. So I think I'm going to go with what Verdugo is flashing and just take the upside of Verdugo there. Yeah, agree. Um, Franchi, I was looking at, I, I look at Frank, fan graphs and I look at, um, um, I guess, adva- bat- batting, uh, what's it called? The, the batting savant. metric. Oh. No, but no, uh, fan graphs. And uh, you, can, you can look at the, the batted ball profile and like the Z swing, uh, mm-hmm. O swing. All that stuff, yeah. Franchi is Frank. just, he's just bottom of the barrel and all, all those things. He's like Chris Davis, Joey Gallo, but he's not making the, the hard, like as well. I don't want to say he's not making the hard contact, but he's just, he just um, doesn't make contact. This one, this one seemed real tough. I mean, I know Verdugo's kind of been almost forgotten about because well, he had that injury, right? I have no shares, so I honestly haven't followed him. Much, same. Same. But, same here. But of these three names, I think he's one that stands out, has the ped- the highest pedigree. And, yeah, I know it's a little crowded over there in, in Los Angeles, but he was showing such a good hit tool. He was just showing his prospect pedigree and was proving me a bit wrong because I wasn't in on him this year. So I think he would be the one to keep has that offers the highest upside. Yeah, I agree. I, I was, I was never on him, so I didn't follow him. Did he get a lot of at bats this year? Because you know what, like in the juice ball year, um, for some reason, I'm not, I'm not picturing him having a lot of home runs or showing, uh, showing a elevated level of power. Like a lot of the other, these other young players are. Um, so, you know he what? Had, I, I, yeah, he had 377 plate appearances and played 106 games. He only had 12 home runs and four stolen bases, but it's just the it's the I mean he only struck out eight 13 percent of the time, uh, just under a seven percent walk rate, a solid you know solid on base guy, solid high a high batting average guy, and that was with only a 309 BABIP. So I mean I think it's more of a you're betting on the hit tool, you're betting on the solid floor, and and only I know we would uh, typically I would typically suggest going for the ceiling, but I want somebody who I know like I just want I think I want the solid floor there, and I think the ceiling is kind of there, but. I'm not. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. I, th- I think. Yeah. I think he has a higher stealing than Cooper. Well, we saw Cooper show off for like a month, and I was like, "There's this isn't real." And then he obviously he cooled down, but it's just Fran- again. Franchi was the instant no for me, and I, yeah, I think. I, I think. I think it's just the best player there is Verdugo. I mean, it's it's not really difficult. I'm just trying. To, I'm trying to talk the other guys up, and I can't. I'm just gonna stop. Yeah. Okay. At Kerry Klug asked us uh, format. Well, I was okay. So format head to head league. Not sure if points roto, et cetera. But it doesn't really matter for me. This wasn't difficult. You have to choose one of these. You had Kingery in the 15th, Kepler in the 6th, and Denelson Lamette in the 21st. I think it's Lamette and it's not even close. Kepler in the 6th, there's no value. Kingery in the 15th, that's fair value. I'm just kind of over the Kingery thing. It's like he's so streaky, hit or miss. Never know if he's going to be a starter or not. I want I want Lamette's upside as a pitcher, especially that late. Mike, what you just said summarizes exactly everything that I could just say. 
So <laughs> I agree with, I agree with hundred percent of what you said. There's no need for me to talk. Gotcha. I'll let you talk first on the next one. I'm a talker. If you haven't noticed. No, it's, it's all, it's all good. It's all good. You did it. You summarized it better than I could. Uh, I thought, you know what? I, I, I was getting, I was getting scared for a second. I thought you were going to go Kepler, but um, no, I was, my, my, I love, I love Kepler, but there's no value this year, especially at yeah. the round pick. I mean, there's no you're, value. You're right. You're right. You're right. If it was, if it was Kepler in the 16th, then there's a discussion to be had. Then, you know what? Maybe, maybe it was a typo. We'll say Kepler in the 16th because it doesn't make sense to put Kepler in the 6th and the rest 15th and 21st. I couldn't imagine any league he went in the 6th either. Yeah, true. So, I'm going to guess it was a typo. Kepler in the 16th or Denosa Lament in the 21st? Need-based. Strictly need-based. If you have a strong pitching staff, I want Kepler. Kepler is going to be a great value. He's going to be a top 100 guy. Denosa Lament is a high upside SP grab in mid to late rounds of drafts. But I like him enough to where if you need pitching and you have a strong base at hitting, I would still take Lament in the 21st. But Kepler in the 16th, really tough to pass on. Yeah, it's going to be need based, and and it's going to be uh, feeling out your league because you got you just got to think of where these guys would go if they get thrown back in the pool. Lamette yeah. probably I don't know is he a fourteenth, fifteenth round pick? He's going to be in my mind. He's a sleeper next year. I think he's going to. You, you'll see if you if you look at the early drafts that are going on right now. I believe he'll be going four or five rounds earlier by March. Well, by November probably because I think there's going to be another set of two early mocks, and there's going to be a whole bunch of other stuff going on. The TGFBI is going to happen, and going to be interesting and you're going to see kepler fly up draft boards too that's why i don't believe he's a six-round pick now i can see him i can see somebody being cute and taking him in the sixth during the you know coming up in the in the off season but all right sure definitely wasn't but if it but if truly is a sixth we'll, we'll just if it's truly a sixth don't touch him there if it's a 16th pick 16th round pick in a vacuum i like him the most but it's really need-based uh right. at Ju, at joe lou for you okay <laughs> sounds like a service uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a roto maybe it's a massage parlor that uh, korea goes to at roto uh-huh. or sorry it's it's format is roto three keeper zero penalty and keep forever also keep in mind he will i will likely oh i will he that he's going to be likely picking top two in the next in next year's draft so of these names kettle Marte, shane bieber whit merrifield labor torres and chris bryant which three are you keeping? Hmm. This is tough, and you it know what? I can see why I, I can see why he's picking top two because if these are his five best players, his team sucks. <laughs> but with that being said, <laughs> no offense, but yeah, you, you, he's obviously playing for the future. Um, yeah, um, I'll, I'll just I'll just go ahead. I'm going to go um, Torres, Bieber, and Bryant are mine. Yes, I just called a last minute audible because I told you I was putting Ketel Marte down my ranks a little bit, and I'm kind of sweating my bet with Brian with Marte over Machado next year because I'm starting to find myself liking Machado and taking his upside a little high, like a little higher. And you know me, I was pretty anti Machado, but I'm starting to climb on him a little bit while dropping Marte. But I still have Marte ahead of him. But I initially had Marte ahead of Torres and Brian. Now I'm having a hard time putting him above either. That just goes to show you how much I'm concerned about Marte, maybe more than I should. So I'm going to agree with you and go Torres, Bryant, Bieber. But I'm really – I don't know, man. Torres and Marte, I need to dig into Torres more. I'm, yeah, I, it's, that is tough. I just I, – I love Torres. I think he – like sneaky 38 bombs. I think he could be up – he could be batting higher in the order next year. And then keep forever. Like I can't it, – it, it would just be – it would just pay me to, to give away Bryant if Bryant can come back to his full potential. Bryant is – I think Bryant and Bieber are the obvious keeps here. 
I think Bryant, you know, you're getting the high floor. He's going to be a third round pick. He's not bad. And he offers everything but RBIs lately. He hit 30 bombs this year quietly, over 100 runs, and I think he hit like 270, 280. So there's no question in my head, and this is off the top of my head, there's no question in my mind that Brian's one of the keepers because he's just he offers that floor. Wit, this he he came up short, and I don't think he offers the upside that Torres and Marte do. And I think I think you want to keep Bieber because you know he's going to be a second, third round pick as well. So you're getting a solid, you're getting your ace, you're getting a solid hitter. I think I'm going to stick with Marte. Actually, I'm going to call an audible again. I'm I'm going to go Marte over Torres, but it's so close. I think Marte offers a little more in the stolen bases. Oh, I can't get over Glaber. I have to look, but I know he most of his damage came against Baltimore. Like he uh, really uh, abused Baltimore last year. I haven't looked, but I feel like Glaber had a huge second half. Uh, we should. I, I, don't, I, I, I don't know. I can I can take a look quickly, but um, I, I just feel he just he's just getting better and better. And Marte had the big second half too. Marte had a good second half too. People just don't realize it. I think injury kind of derailed it, or the derailed him, but. He had a solid uh, second half as a whole. And I just – I don't know, man. I'm really – I'm truly torn between them. You can flip a coin, and five times I'll take one, five times I'll take the other. That's what, That goes to show you – or either of them have – which one has second base eligibility? Both of them? Does I don't know. Uh, I don't know either. Because um, that would make the difference for me. I want the second baseman because second base is really shallow. Well, I don't know what – I don't know Marte's um, eligibility will be next year. I don't know Glaber's because I feel like they moved him around a little bit. You know, I don't really know. Yeah, I know there was a lot of injuries there. Yeah, like his his X stats even suggest he over uh, Glaber Torres. I'm speaking about his his expected his X stats on the Sackcast page suggest that he overproduced pretty pretty good amount. I think him and Marte are in the same sentence as far as people you can expect to uh, have regression. Man. Okay, do you know what I was wrong about Torres? He, he had 19 home runs in each half. Yeah, I'm talking about All-Star break and pre-post All-Star, and he actually hit, he actually hit 30 points lower after the All-Star break. So I yeah. just probably, I actually probably wasn't. Um, I don't have a lot of shares of Torres, but yeah, I have I none. <laughs> I didn't. I, I think I had one out of like 40 leagues. Um, yeah, so um, leagues down, man. I do, I do, especially. Yeah, well, that's another topic. Um, but yeah, no, he, uh, no. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm wavering on Marte Torres too. It's, it's razor thin for me. But actually, for me, it's not. You know, Quick look on both of them. Give me Marte. I say that yeah. with confidence. You know what? I, I'm, I'm going with you. I'm going with you. I'm changing my mind. I'm going Marte as well. Boom. So we have it. We, consent, yeah. we have a consensus. Bieber, yeah. Bryant, Marte. Bieber, Bryant, yeah. Marte. Keep those three. Let, let, let Merrifield and Torres go. And if you, want, if you like them enough, depending on who's there in your first round. Or expect, well, you have, a first couple, you have a first pick or two. You're gonna get a stud that's better than both those guys. So you're gonna get your, your first picks gonna be better than any of the players you have on your, your team, probably. If there's only a three keeper, most uh, likely. I don't, I don't know because he has three players going in, in like the second and third round. So I don't know if that's mm. true. Because <sighs> um, he has the problem is he has like middling. He has no elite guy. He has middling guys. That's you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have that team that you're gonna have a team in the league that has that, that has Acuna, Yellick and J-Ram just because they've had keepers for many leagues. And then they are also going to have like Tatis. So you're going to, you're going to, you're going to have a team that is going to have a guy like Tatis or I don't know, um, JD Martinez. That's going to be thrown back. Is this, is this the type of team that you target Wander like early rounds? Like you go for, you take Wander like in the top five with a top five pick. 
just yeah. so you because you look for, you look ahead that far, you know? Yeah, because this team's that bad. Yes. Well, it's not that <laughs> I'm not, bad. I'm not, it's, I'm not, I'm not trying to. He's no, got, see, got, I, he's, I don't think it's he's that got bad. No, he's got he's got no consensus top twenty four player. There's no player on that list that's for sure a top twenty four player. That's why he needs to play the upside. He needs, he needs to target. You know, he has to kind of almost tank this year, next this next year. Get your get Luis Robert, Joe Adele, Joe Adele, and yeah. Wander, and hope that they and just sit on them. And you know what? If you like, it sucks. Nobody likes rebuilding. Nobody does. And there's a couple of leagues where I went and rebuild, and I, it sucks. I'm I'm wait, I'm blow, I'm burning money. I get that. But if you're in a real true league that's been around for a while that you know, okay, you might be burning money, but you're going to be able to make it back, commit to the rebuild. Your team is a middling – you're a mid-tier team at best with these keepers. You go out there. You swing for the fences. You get your top prospects, your, your Roberts, or sorry, he likes Robert. You're your Robert, your Adele, your Wander. You get those guys, and you stash them for the year, and you hope that maybe you compete off the waiver wire. What I would do in this in in this particular case is I would he is the first or second pick so I I think there's going to be a stud I, I believe there'll be someone very very good to take in with that first pick and then with your second and third round picks I'd be grabbing your Adels your Roberts um, assuming they're going to be available in the next round the next two rounds maybe not but I'd even go with like Kyle Tucker um, or Gavin Lux. Tucker's been looking really – I looked into him a little bit. He's actually looked really good in his opportunity. Obviously, he's in a platoon right now, but I want Tucker everywhere next year. And I think, I'm, yeah. again, me and you are going to fight over him. It's going to be really annoying. Yeah, he could be a very valuable player because of the speed power that he brings, like the, uh, the, the stolen bases. It's all I don't about know, opportunity. I, it's all about will they get – because Reddick has another year in contract. <laughs> oh, God. Don't, don't tell me this. I looked it Josh, up. I looked it up like a month ago because someone asked me. I was like, "Let me look." Oh my Josh, goodness! Reddick has another Reddick. year. Josh Reddick has been the bane of my existence for the last two years. I, I mean, he's just because the problem is, is he's so solid in real life. <laughs> yeah, but I we just don't care about that. He's I know. probably he's probably a very nice guy too. He looks like a funny guy, um, good looking guy. Like there's nothing wrong with him, but I just hate him. He's he's blocking Tor. He's blocking Tucker. He's blocking. He's blocked Alvarez. Listen, you're yeah. you are you're you can't hate people. You're Canadian. Canadians don't. <laughs> I hate him for fantasy. No, you don't. You can't use that word. It's not in your vocabulary. Let let, let listen. I'm I, I'm an American. You know what? I let me leave the hate to me. All right. You you realize that's what we do on our side. Okay. Okay. My bad. <laughs> we hate people. You guys just dislike people with a passion <laughs> or strongly or strongly. You know. Like, oh, I really don't like them. But then you go about your day. We passionately hate people to the point where we boycott and picket and we do all that stuff that you guys don't do as much up there. Actually, I'll, I'll rephrase it. I'm very sorry because Canadians like to apologize. I'm very sorry that, uh, Josh, Reddick ha- that Josh Reddick has a job. Oh, good. Oh, look at you. You're still, yeah, you're very- <laughs> oh, that was good. That was funny. All right, Zach. On that note, we're going to go ahead and pause right here for a brief moment gonna run a few ads and we'll be right back with the show hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price Got your happy price, Priceline. And we're back. Our next question comes from 
at r underscore lewis he's in a dynasty league that rosters about 26 to 28 uh players and he's he was asking if any of these guys are worth keeping or should he be tossing them back and grab them later whatever that means the problem is is everybody's worth keeping if you if you depends on your team build dynasty right like right but he's given us he's given us some context here well right yeah at at the end he does but it's like the names that he's talking about are Kevin Newman, Brian Reynolds, Nick Solak, who and Kyle Lewis, which those bottom two are the ones I would prefer for the upside. Correct, me too. But the names that he's talking about replacing are Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Lu- and Gavin Lux. I'm Gavin Lux, are you are you are you out of your mind? The, none of those players come close to replacing Gavin Lux. Well, the problem is, is Lux, you know, it's recency bias. He didn't really do amazing in his cup of coffee, you know. I don't really care. I think but Gavin Lux remember, is. I understand that, and I'm with you. I'm, that's what I'm saying. But if people recency bias, and if you and it's still early, so you haven't had a lot of people talking him up as a sleeper for next year yet or anything. You saw Kyle Lewis go on this little hot streak. You saw Solak do better than most people anticipated. So the question is there, and I understand it. But I would not do that. I would not make that move. You keep Gavin Lux. He was a top prospect for a reason. It's he's going to come around, and obviously Guriel Jr. He was coming off an injury. I think he's in for a solid year. I'm having a tough time ranking him at, at the moment, but he's definitely above all these names you mentioned. Yeah, he's a tough guy to rank. I'm sorry. I find it I find it really hard to believe if you're keeping 26 to 28 players, Gavin Lux and Lourdes Correal are your worst players. But That's true if they too. are, if they are, then no, I would not drop them for any of those four players you're asking about. Well, let's make it easier then. Let's let's rank these four. Of I mean, I think Brian Reynolds and Kevin Newman are kind of the same. I think I'd rather have Reynolds after he flashed that hit tool he did at one point. Yeah, he had a huge bad dip, didn't he, though? Well, he, I think he has the speed to back it up, though. Does he? Okay. I think. I would, that's, that's the top of my head. I, I'm pretty sure he's a speedy guy. Regardless, it's like those guys are just jags. You know, they're just guys to me. Like, I don't really find either one of them, like, must own. But no but no lack. Nick Solak and Kyle Lewis are very intriguing. And yeah. in a dynasty format, I would look to try to roster one, if not both. But if you had to, I, I, I'm guessing you agree with me as far as those two being above the other two. I do. Okay, so is there a preference? Like, let's try. Let's put this in. Is there a preference of the two? Do you have a? Yeah, I like Lewis more, um, just because of his pedigree. And I, I've read up on him. I've read up on him a bit, and he had an injury that pretty much wiped out like two seasons almost. I think. 16 and 17 so or I, I forget exactly which seasons they were but he's really had a limited opportunity and as soon as he gets called up to the major leagues with with the ball he's just killing it and you know what he could his upside is way higher than anyone else on that list i disagree okay <laughs> uh not the, the upside part because you never you can't quantify upside you could just kind of guess it but I want – I think I want Nick Solak more. I liked what he flashed. I like his – like, you know, he – the big thing was is you come up – I know, again, they both came up very limited. But I like to take what I can from their call-ups. And one showed great, far greater plate discipline. Maybe not as much uh, power, but he had flashed a little power speed with five, you know, five home runs, two stolen bases. So – and solid, a solid triple size. You know, he hit, for, he hit over 290. He had an OBP almost 400. Another guy with a higher bad move of 354, but – I don't know. I think I want Solak above Lewis, but either way, I want both these guys both offer way more upside than Newman and Reynolds. And if you can find a, ch- a way to get both of them on your on your roster, we're not going to fault you. I don't think you would. I don't think you'd fault them for and choosing between them. 
just preference. I mean, you might be on his side, my side. I'm smarter, so you might want to be on my side. But hey, I'm not. I'm not arguing with any of that. But would you drop Domingo? Let's play the game. Would you drop Domingo Santana for either of those two? You know, I love Santana, so I wouldn't. What about Ian Happ? Happ, I would. I think I feel like we've seen what Happ has to offer. I don't know. He showed. I just. I'm just. I, I think I'm over. I think I have prospect prospect fatigue for Ian on Ian Happ is what it is. Okay, so what about Gregory Polanco? <sighs> I can understand it. I'd rather not. I would personally, yeah. I think I'd keep Polanco, but so would I. Again, you know, I'm a Polanco guy too. Yeah, I'm trying to keep this to hitters. Um, what about Kevin Biggio? No. No, what? No, I'd keep... rather keep Biggio. Yeah, so would I. Let's flip this. What about you? What about these names you just gave me? <laughs> which one? Which, um, of the names you gave me, which ones would you drop for either of these prospects? Or I forget the names. I forget, I forget. Biggio, no. Santana, no. Polanco, no. What was the other one that I did? Ian I Ian, that's a tough one. Um, that is tough. I just I have, I have prospect fatigue with him, man. I would not drop Ian Hat for Solak, but I mm, I would probably drop him for Kyle Lewis. Uh, and that's the thing it goes down to pr- I, I i just i think i'm sick of him i know i looked into ian hap a little bit i, I a little bit because i was doing that daily hitter streamer chart so maybe it made me look into him a little bit and i was kind of impressed but how much of that is a hot streak we've seen him do great things we've also seen him strike out at a 40 percent clip basically and do nothing for like weeks on end i'll give you a name that i would drop for both of them is uh dansby swanson really yeah i thought wasn't swanson like really good for like part of the year or i have no shares yes yes but he his upside's limited i feel and i feel like um I mean, you're yeah. always like think he, I, he's even two years ago you're get. i was getting questions or i was asking questions no one no one's asking me no one was asking me <laughs> anything two years ago but um we were just i was discussing probably with you um is probably. addison is addison russell this is before he went crazy and started doing all these horrible things um, is he worth keeping um, in a, I think, a 12-team keeper league um, when you keep, I think it was eight players? And at, at that time, he was probably like, he was probably like the ninth or 10th um, best shortstop um, in, a, in, a, in a dynasty format. So you had like your typical Xanders, your Correas, and your Corey Seegers, whoever else, Trey Turner, that were above him. But he was pretty highly, he was pretty, pretty high, pretty high sorry, pretty highly coveted in terms of a dynasty ranking. But he was, he was sort of on that next tier. And I said, no, don't keep Addison Russell because, you know what, look at the next, um, next wave of shortstops coming in. And I think I listed a couple other ones like um, um, you had your Glaber Torres's. I think at that time Trevor Story hadn't completely broken out yet. Um, what about remember, – remember the last – I remember the, the hype that sticks out to me for shortstop is um, – that Crawford kid, he was in Philly. Now he's in the oh, Mariners system. J- yeah, JP Crawford. Thank you. Yeah, that, you that had, was. Remember him? Remember his hype? <laughs> oh my God! My first, my first ever dynasty league. I bought him for like twenty two dollars. Oh. In, 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 in a in a straight up um, new uh, new draft. So he was getting bought the same. I had him and AJ Reed as my two best minor league players. My first ever dynasty. Terrible. Um, but what what, what 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 my point is. A player like Dansby Swanson, he's going to get in a dynasty league where you're going to roster 25 major league players. He's going to be an after. Uh, he's going to be an afterthought um, as soon as some of these other 
shortstops come up, like your Gavin Luxes, your um, Wander Francos, he's going to keep falling down the ranking. He's not going to get better. He's not going to. He's not going to surpass any of your top ten shortstops right now. And you're well, going to. You're going to start. You're gonna, Shortstop's yeah, he, like one, like one of the deepest positions too, and it's crazy. Exactly. So that, it's probably top fifteen. He's I don't know. Don, Swanson's probably not even your top twenty right now. I haven't gotten there yet, but <laughs> I don't know. I, neither have I. But, but what I can I'm understand saying, what you're saying. I would I would he, probably shoot for higher though, man. Based on Nate, I don't know. I feel like I feel like I don't know if these guys are really like to drop Swanson. I can totally understand. I, he won't. He's not really twelve team. He might be twelve team mixed league relevant for the middle infield spot. But probably not because of how deep shortstop is. It's really hard. I get it. I just I don't know, man. I have a hard time dropping outright dropping them. I'm, but that that's your, that's that's. I think that's kind of a hot take. I like it. I just don't know if I could do it. Yeah, if I, if, you know what, it, it comes down to roster construction. If if I had, if he was on my bench, and it was between him and Kyle Lewis, I would take Lewis. Gotcha. So yeah, I, I just I did so again. Dang it. All right. Just edit it out. No, I'll leave it. I'm even going to leave all this. I don't care anymore. People, I leave, I try, I've been, oh man, I go back and listen. And I'm, I shouldn't say this, but I go back to listen. I, people are probably going to do it now. I go back and listen to my very first podcast. It was solo. It was about half an hour. Man, was it ugly. <laughs> I look, I go back and listen. And I was like, I was nervous. I was, I was like, I, I over edited it and I didn't really show my personality. And I think people like, you know, people don't want to listen to us go off tangents that aren't about baseball, really. But I just I can't help but remind people like it was just like I and I, I, I was trying too hard to, to avoid tangents. I was trying too hard to avoid showing my mistakes. So now I kind of embrace them and just laugh them off. And I think it helps show a little bit of the personality and the goofiness that I kind of have in me because you, you've, you've been again, we've talked for a few years now. I can get pretty goofy. I can be pretty dumb and I can be a little like, I just like, just a little off, a little off sometimes. And it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You know, Michael, oh. uh, like most of your baseball analysis so far today, I disagree. I think you were great in your first podcast. I think um, I, I, I listened to it and I, you know what I thought? I'm like, you know what? This guy, this is, this is for him. So, you know what? I think you're, I think you're a natural. You don't, you don't shut up. So yeah, that's, that's, that's one thing for you. That's, that's the one thing I noticed right, right from the start, even like we never talked um, over the phone. We just talked usually by on our group chats and in, in the leagues that we were playing in together. That's how we met. And um, you, yeah, you don't, you don't shut up. You always have something to say. So you know what, this is, you found your call. Yeah, man. And trust me, I hear it at work all the time. Curlin, can you just stop talking? I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm like, I try, I don't mean to anymore, like, but yeah. And that's why being able to do this and talk and, I always have an opinion on things and not, but I'm never like, Oh, my opinion's right. I'm always like, I want to, like, I legitimately try to have a discussion. The problem is, is, and you know this about Brian and I know people don't know who Brian is, but this guy, Brian drives me nuts because I give an, I give an opinion and I give, I give facts behind it. And he just doesn't, he's really, he's not relentless. He's relentless, man. He doesn't give up on his, on his viewpoints. And it's like, it's not, it's an argument, not a discussion with you. I can have a discussion and it's nice. And that's why it's like, and this, this industry has been really good because I've been able to bring people on give my viewpoints and we don't have to agree. We don't have to agree, but at least it's respected. And at least it's like, all right, well, I understand that, but I feel this way. And it's kind of a refreshing feel. And so it's like, I'm so glad I transitioned to this side of things versus just arguing via text and group leagues. You know, sometimes <laughs> I feel myself, you and Brian, we just sort of just argue for the sake of argument, argument sometimes just because we, we just don't want to agree with each other. And then it's just playing devil's advocate, no matter what. 
and never, never giving in. Uh, he just, I don't mind. I, I can give in on a, on a, on an idea. I can admit when I'm wrong. He hasn't admitted once about how right I was about Chapman over Machado. He doesn't want to admit that. <laughs> well, you know? that's like, because he was, t- that's because he was taking Machado third overall this year. <laughs> well, that was, that was, I, I will get, I told you this. I will give him that. He was doing that back when the talks were Machado to the Yankees. Okay. Yeah. True. I will True. give him that, and that and that was driving. He was a top five pick in the, in those early drafting holds and stuff, and then he kept with them after the Padres did it. That, yeah, that top the Machado was a top five pick could really lose you a league. It, well, it cost him a lot of money this year. Anyway, uh, so wait, where are we? I think we're at the Brad Becker. This was supposed to be well. By the way, this was supposed to be like a half an hour podcast. It's going to be an hour at, at the if, Brad if we're Becker, lucky. The Brad Becker. We're getting down to our final uh, questions. We'll keep these quicker. Format six by six with OPS and Q and quality starts. So, for those who that don't listen, that are well, I mean, if it's key really, but those who don't know, when someone says six by six with OPS and quality starts, it, that means they're, it's their traditional five by five. You know, your five categories across the board on both sides, with, with the addition of OPS and quality starts. So, ten teams with ten keepers. He's asking if if Gallon is worth keeping, and he's also considering Robert sorry I was also considering Robert but and I'm like well yeah I just take the first part we'll give you context in a moment just look at those first two names they're both worth keeping I would think because that would put what top 100 picks Gallon and Robert are both going to go within the top 100 really I, I haven't done that much research and you have, you've done more than I have today <clears throat> Gall, is Gallon going to be a top 100 pick because I, I love Gallon but I think he um, is. I think he's going to be a top thirty pitcher, and that's going to put him fringe one hundred, top one hundred, maybe just I agree. Not top one hundred. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I just, I, I guess maybe I'm. You know what? You, you don't realize things until you start putting it on paper for next year. And you know, I, I, Gallon's one of those sneaky guys that you don't realize. Um, I don't how think good he's sneaky, though. That's the thing. Like, I think he's shown enough to where he's going to be a lot of people SP SP two next year. He's not going to be like Denelson Lament is sneaky. He's going to be like going in that. Anywhere between twenty-five and thirty-five range, I bet. I'm, I'm guessing. I haven't gotten to that point either. That's why I'm saying he's fringe. And of course, I would, I would want to keep him. And Luis Robert, you know, he's going to get that hype, and he's going to be a fringe. He's going to be like that Eloy Jimenez rate, rate, rate from this year, next season. He's going to be like that eighth, tenth round pick. I feel like him, Joe Adele. Yeah, they're going to be. The, yep. They're so, probably probably even higher. But so are, they so ask, keep, are they worth? Are they worth? probably. It, sorry. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, there's been so many pitchers that have emerged as sp2s entering the next year that weren't sp2s before i can think of robbie ray fulty um Mar- uh herman herman marquez um wheeler just off the top of my head i'd rather um, have gallon over all of them well <laughs> yeah now n- now yes yes but, that's what i'm saying um, now that's what i'm saying and these of are course names- of course now yes but like you I'm, what my point is that there's been so many pitchers that have no track record except for that one year and they're automatically vaulted into that sp2 range and so many of them have busted um man like i I can't even like count over the last couple years like cole hamels has been has been in there um like arietta darvish so many darvish Darvish, yeah there's been so many busts well darvish was was coming off the tj that we should have known better True. But Tyone, Tyone kind of broke out with the slider and then, you know, now his second Tommy John, that's kind of concerning, but yeah, but those were, those were injuries. Um, yeah. I, I know there's more, there's, I'm, I'm just thinking of this year and last year as well. It's, I mean, this year is really um, fresh in my mind, but last, 
even more so last year, you had all those busts like, oh, Chris Archer. Um, Like in that range of players, like in your round four to seven area, there's been so many busts. There's been so many, like you got this year, you had Clevenger, Bieber, um, and Flaherty. Those have been all great, but you know what? For the most part, there's been more busts than not. So, so Gale Gallon is going to fall into that. I think I think he will fall into that sort of back end of that range next year. And honestly, I'm more confident in, in him than I have been in any of the other pitchers so far. Like what yeah. that I that I've just listed. I think I think it's because if I remember correctly, because I looked into him a little bit as a Marlins fan, you know, because we we called him up, and I think it was because he offers like a four pitch arsenal. All of them are like at the very least average or plus like his command and he has ridiculous command. So it's, he offers a cutter or change up a curveball and a fastball, all of which were 50 or sorry, the cutter was 45, but the rest of them were 50 or rate, uh, were uh, rated 50 or above as far as like, you know, the, the prospect, how they rank them, whatever, still kind of getting better at that. But he, and does he not, does out. he not, does he not, doesn't he not throw hard though? Yeah. He, I think it was like low, like he's a, he's a command pitcher. He's almost like a Nola. Yeah. Like he throws, he throws, he has a full arsenal of solid pitches with, um, he had a, dude, but his K prime was like a 10.8, but it's his walks that are scary at a 4.05 walks per nine. That can really bury him, man. And then his, you know, so I'm, I'm not going to be as high as others, but I will have him probably close to that top 25 ish pitcher because I mean, command plays the command plays and all the, all the other stuff, the FIP, XFIP, Sierra, all that good stuff. That's all. I mean, Obviously, regression is built in a little bit, but he's probably closer to a mid three ZRA guy, like a Keuchel. I feel like, it, unless he gets those, if he gets those walks under control, we're talking, you know, lower threes, but mid to upper threes is more likely. Looking at his FIP, XFIP, Sierra, and all that, because he was apparently he was very lucky, very very high strand rate. Yeah, there's a lot of red flags, honestly. The more I look at them, so I gotta stop. I gotta dive in. That, and just off the cuff. that range of pitchers have all, like, from my experience over the last three years, have been very, very risky. There's a lot of busts. So, yeah, and like, like you said, like, just going back to the question, it's OPS or Tommy Pham. Like, that's the one example that he gave to that he that he'd have to drop for a Robert or a get or for a Zach Allen. Pham's great in OPS because he has a great on base percentage. Um, Ah, uh, yeah, like a guy like him is sort of fringy. Like, I kind of, I'm not in love with Fam. He's he's injury prone and um, 32, I over, think. Oh, yeah, he's, yeah. So, yeah, he's he's not like if you put an auction value on him, I think he's like an eighteen dollar player in that even in that format. Um, are Robert and Galen eighteen dollar players? Probably not in a redraft, but in yeah, they have more value. In a, but in a keeper, yeah, they might have more value than Fam. Yeah, you know what? It's, I probably would take them over Fam in a keeper league. Even 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 keeping ten, which is a relatively small amount, when you're talking players of that, I guess in that range, you're not talking studs. Um, so ten keepers is not that many when you're dealing with what is this round eight to twelve round round seven to ten. I don't know. What I, I think a lot of it has to do with roster construction. I mean, I would honestly consider like because right now, if you're telling me, hey, I'll give you fam for one of those two. I'm probably not declining that trade in a keeper league because although fam might be better next year, this is a keeper league. I mean, you have to put that into it. I'd rather have Gallon or Robert. I think I would swing for the fences and probably keep Robert. Yeah, I, I agree. I think if uh, unless you're tra- unless, <laughs> unless your league uh, unless your league is like really willy nilly with trades and you can easily move players like after the draft because 
yeah, there's probably more draft capital at them, um, probably. But it, trades are usually hard to make. So you know what? I'm. It, it's going to be tough to get your hands back on Robert or Galen after the draft if you don't if you don't get them. So yeah, I'd, be, I'd say to be, I'd be remiss to um, to um, keep Fam in favor of um, Louis Louis Robert or uh, Galen, um, despite the fact that he, because he's he's 32 and he's got some injury concerns. I think I think I think you'd, I think you'd regret it in less in less than three months. I think I wouldn't say regret it, but you would definitely regret it by the end of 2020. <laughs> yeah, you like yeah. not because fam, again, fam is solid, and again, he gains value in this format. I'm just thinking. I always like look long term, and heck, if pitching is a by the way, if pitching is a premium, because there are a lot of leagues where pitching is really hard to come by, and I think Gallon is more of a quality start quality start type of guy. I think he would. I think he's going to turn into that type of pitcher. You know. Because that's kind of you know being a big being big on command. If he can if he cuts those walks down like he should, because I don't think when I did look, I don't think he ever had a walk rate above two and a half walks per nine. Basically, maybe maybe never never three is my point. I guess if in a quality starts league, he gains value, but it's roto and it's I, mean, I don't know how much he sustains that ten point oh k per nine. That's not really who he is or ever was before this year. I don't know. I it's hard. I think it's just a matter of preference. But I would definitely. And keeper league, I'm, I'm keeping one of those two, leaning Robert over Fam. Yep, I uh, you know what I when I first read this question, when you sent me the questions, I was leaning towards saying no. Um, I so was I. Him, but but <laughs> now after 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 hashing it out with you, you know what I, I'm I'm my stance is that uh, I I prefer the young the young players over Fam right now. And that's funny because I was I honestly same thing. I was like, oh no, just keep Fam. But because if you're if that's your worst keeper, you're probably competing. But if you're competing, you can take the hit on a fam. I feel like for a Robert, I don't know. I, I'm really torn. Like the more I think about it, it's like, well, if you're competing, do you really want to drop fam? Because fam could help you. But you gotta think top 100 people are. There are other people are gonna keep keepers too that are like you know prospects and stuff. You gotta think. Although fam might be a top 50 or 60 pick in this format, you might be able to get him back in the first round. I always got to think think that's part of the potential outcomes. You know, you got to think, well, maybe I can get a fam. If not, maybe there's going to be another solid player because people are going to keep Wander Franco, Joe Adele. Those are players getting kept for sure. That means other quality players are being dropped as well. You think so, yeah. Especially in a 10-team league. That's another thing. Depth matters. 10-team league, I'm not saying you can replace fam, but I'm saying it's easier to to make up the difference in – Let's say Robert doesn't get called up for a couple months. I think the difference in production could be easily ma- easier to make up in a 10-team league than any other format as well. Unrelated question, Robert or Odell next year? I'm leaning Robert. So am I. I think a lot of it's for value because I think Odell's going to go first. Uh, Odell, not Odell. Uh, really? I thought, uh, you know what? I think it's going to be a very, I think it's going to be very close. Look, of course, those guys are going to be the Vlad and Eloy of, 2020 well, you and they're gonna be because those guys were busts well Eloy came around but <laughs> Vlad was a yeah boss. they were yeah big time for where he was drafted yes um so yeah I'm, you know what I'm not going to be probably not going to be targeting them unless I can get them for what I consider value but you know we're going off on another tangent well no it's good talk because again this is keeper stuff and this is other this is um I think it's relevant and I'm just thought- thinking, I just think I think Robert has shown he can hit triple a he's i mean he's been a stud basically both of them neither one of adele or robert walk enough so i really like that really frustrates me but they both have similar tools you know the power speed robert showing it 
a little more than Adele, especially at the AAA level. Adele didn't really get enough AAA time, so I'm wondering how much either one of them actually gets just to come up and play. Adele, I think I thought I looked, it was like a couple other things, like 100 play appearances maybe. Robert, 223. I have a feeling in general, and this is going to be another discussion for another day as far as just diving in, but you look at what happened with Tatis, what happened with Alonzo, and, and Eloy, all of three of them were brought up by their teams instead of waiting for that that you know that day for the extra year of control. And now we right. just now we just suddenly think that oh this is gonna be the new norm. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a very very high likelihood that all three of these guys get stuck waiting for that that date, whatever that date is. I honestly don't know them. But Sorry, who's the third? Who's the th- who's the third? What? You said all three. Oh, sorry. Who's the third? Sorry, all. Well, third, wait, there was another name, I think, and I just... You probably were thinking of somebody in your head. Yeah, but I can't think of the name now. Maybe Carlson was the name, but he's not really a high-end prospect, so... I don't know. Both those guys. Well, maybe I was... Oh, because all three... Oh, I got the third because of the three names I named. I named three names, Alonzo, Tatis, and Eloy. That's where I got the three from. We're we're just assuming that these two guys... Sorry, these two in Robert... Robert, whatever his damn name is. Robert and, and... Adele, we just assume they're going to take the same path when there's a chance it's more like Vlad where we're waiting on them for a month and a half or a month or wherever it is. Yeah, you don't know. And you know what? There's going to be a million reports between now and then saying, oh, they're thinking of signing him. Look at the, look at the team's past track record. But yeah, it's, it's hard to know. And you know what? You'll, uh, those players' values will fluctuate based on the reports that come out um, between now and then. Yes. But, um, so- that's why I love to, to do the early drafts because you can – you know what? I think there's always value in these players in earlier drafts mm-hmm. because you, you what you don't know is always going to suppress the value. Exactly. Um, so right now, I think we both agree in lean Robert, but if things change and there's you know as if you're if you're if you don't make the decision right now, if you make the decision closer to next season, wait and we can revisit this. Maybe hit us up on Twitter. We'll do we'll definitely do one of these again for those that have to make decisions leading up into the season. And we'll know more. A lot of it's just knowing more because if you're, it depends on how, it depends on a lot of things. How long do you think? Like, are you in the competitive window? Is this a league that you know is going to last long enough for Robert to pay off? Like, there's a lot of, because a lot of people need to understand. Like these leagues, keeper leagues are hard to hold on to. A lot of people leave. A lot of people, you know, it's, there's a lot of turnover. So there's a lot of a lot of factors. So let's just yeah. Move. You really you really want to you really want to win now. And you know it's gonna, it will also depend on the moves that both the White Sox and the Angels make leading up to the year. Are they gonna are they gonna bolster their pitching staff? Are they gonna go for it? Like the White Sox, they they they're, they're in a weaker division. They could be good. They're gonna bring up Madrigal, and you know what? He doesn't hit any home runs, but he's gonna steal you bases and he's gonna hit for average. Those are two scarce categories. And you know what? Nico Horner, he hit uh, I think two or three home runs all of the minor leagues, and he already has three. In, what like 50 at bats in the major league so um you know what more home runs are being hit so well, maybe, Sox, not. maybe not i'm, I'm really curious maybe, i'm really yeah, curious you're right. to see spring training you're right you're right but you know what i think the white Sox could have a really potent lineup next year oh so, yeah Robert, i don't know where robert is going to hit i don't know i don't even know where he's going to hit because they got eloy they got abreu i think he's still under contract i don't know what's going to happen to him but they got mancada abreu um Madrigal is probably going to be up before halfway through the season. I think I it would think- be. I think it would be Madrigal leadoff, Robert two, Mancada three, Eloy four, Brayu five. I feel like we're missing somebody else in that lineup. Um, well, Tim Anderson was your American oh. League batting. Uh, your American League batting champion, Tim so Anderson. So you'll have you'll have Anderson. Sorry, you'll have Anderson leadoff, 
and then you'll have magical hit like eight or nine ahead of him. You know, yeah, I, when, he, when he starts off and then once Tim Anderson, once people realize Tim Anderson is a complete fluke this year. You mean um, Tim Anderson is Tim Anderson? <laughs> yeah. I, that, that to me, when I looked at the final stats on MLB.com and I saw Tim Anderson number one in batting average by the end of the year because I know he was hitting like 500 in April, but I'm like, okay, this is not going to last. He's your MLB batting champion. Guess what? I don't, I don't know what to say about that. I, well, I mean, he's going to be tough to rank just like DJ LeMahieu. I mean, again, another tangent, but LeMahieu's a tough guy. To, to, what's his role next year with Andrew coming back, with all these guys? I mean, I know you don't sit. We talked about, we text about this a little bit. I know you don't sit DJ LeMahieu, and he, he's earned every bit of that starting job. But if the ball isn't juiced and he goes back, I mean, he, I mean it's hard to, for a team competing, and he's so flexible as far as we can put him in the infield and stuff. I guess there's always going to be a spot. I just feel like you just never know. It's hard to rank him right now until you see what the Yankees do and what the plans are for him because he absolutely broke out in New York and he has such a good lineup around him. There's no reason to think he can't be really solid next year. True. So I'm he's just another guy that kind of fits into this I don't know what to do with them right now category. I'm going to rank them as if they're starting and if they don't, I'll adjust. Uh, at J-Dub the Gamer, he's a guy who's always actually hanging around, too, on Twitter. Uh, stash or pass? Very simple. Stash or pass on Nemo? Head-to-head oh. points. Oh, sorry. No, doesn't even give us a category. That's that, no I love, You know what I love about this question? The amount of context it gives you. None? Yep. Yeah, perfect. Which is, which is easy, because I don't think – I can't <laughs> – There's actually no context. There's no, no league. There's no number of keepers. There's no whether you keep for value. And you know what? I don't even know if it's Brandon Nemo or we're finding Nemo. Like, I don't know what kind of question this is. I think it's just a matter of what are your thoughts on Nimmo, and I think he's a pass. I have no real interest in him, and I think you can just move on. Yeah, he was like a Bader and Gritchick for me this year. You know what? He could have been – and Winker and Nimmo. They all fell into that category you can get for five bucks, and he busted. He was injured, but, uh, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, stash or pass? I'm yeah, not stashing I don't know what I don't know what, I don't know what that means. I don't know what stashing means, but yeah, pass. Well, stash, I would guess like as in keep or potentially yeah. keep. I don't think he's worth I, a keeper spot, but I do think he's worth drafting next year late. I mean, he did have a better second half, hit for 260 in the second half, and you know, steals are valuable. So he's always gonna have a place in your on your bench at least. Cause you know he has 15, 20 still upside. So he's yeah. somebody you target late in drafts. He's probably a late. He's probably gonna, somebody that makes my article when I do late, uh, deep deep league uh, stolen bases or some form of like you know late round uh, steel sources or something. He would be there, but he's not worth keeping up a keeper spot or anything like that. So at Brett Benham, I think I've seen him around a little bit too. Format head to head points. Do I keep Hero for four, Meadows for four, or Lozardo for eleven? This initially Lazaro didn't stick out to me at all. It stuck out to me like, why would you keep him that? But then I see pitching as a premium, and he has a he has Alonzo, Cunha, and Bieber for the prices that they are. I wasn't gonna do. I was gonna do Meadows. Meadows is my guy. I was gonna do Meadows for the price, but it's a points league, points and pitching, and with pitching being a premium, I I don't know, man. I still feel like it's a lot for Lazaro though. What I read is you can keep as many as you want of these three. That's how I read it. Is that how you read it? Or are you reading it as you can only keep one of them? Yeah, that's maybe – because, I mean, for these prices, you keep all of them. <laughs> yeah, especially if Pritchett's a premium. You know, I, I think of it as what, what are these players going to go for in drafts? I think Meadows, in here, Meadows is probably going to go for around 20. Hero is probably going to go for around 18. And Lizardo, 
yeah, eleven is probably what he would go for. Eleven, twelve dollars. Well, if it's a premium, tops. if there's a premium, and obviously everyone has people have you know, just like for instance, I know it's a. I hate to bring it up, but our football, our you know, our keeper that we play each other with the auction every year for football. Yeah, I mean what. Aaron Rodgers went like I paid so I paid up for Aaron Rodgers, which I don't I'm not happy about, but I paid up for him because I needed a quarterback and he was the best available. If pitching is really that pitching will drive it, like the need for pitching is so so much, it'll drive his price up beyond eleven. He'll be fifteen to twenty just based on need for the league. Well, yeah, just because of the remaining dollars, because you yep. you, you already know that Alonso's kept for four, Cunis kept for ten, and Bieber's kept for seventeen. There's already um if Alonso's a thirty dollar player. Alonzo, $30 player, there's there's $26 of equity there. And if Acuna is a $50 player, there's $40 of equity there. And Bieber, and Bieber is, a, is like 30, 25? Yeah, 25, 30. So then you ought to get like 40, 30, you got like $80 of, of money that is not spent. He's not um, the only one either. Yeah, yeah. And times that by 11 other guys, then that's going to inflate the prices of everything else. And then hell yeah, Lizardo is going to be more than $10. If I have to, if see if I have to pick, I guess I'm going to keep the pitcher. I don't think it's, I don't think it's the best value, but it might be because of the premium. If I, but if 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 you read it the way if you if it, if it was read the way you were supposed to read it with you know you can keep them all. Hell yeah, I'm keeping all of them at their prices. These are great values. Yeah, but, you know what? I'm st- I still I still think if I had to choose one, I choose Meadows because you know what? Listen, like if I if I if I if I'm gonna I'm only he only has four keepers so far, so you're gonna have to draft the rest of your team. If you're gonna draft the rest of your team, you're gonna have to spend money. So. If Meadows, if, if, if you want Meadows, you're going to get them for $4. So that's going to give you $16 of equity. Now you're passing on Lazardo for $11. Let's say worst case, he's going to cost $15 in the auction, right? I don't know. I don't think he's going to go much more than 15 Maybe Unless, 20 Maybe me, at most. Okay, even 20 No, I see what case. you're saying. You, you can stop right there. I'm, yeah, totally, because, I'm, I'm calling Audible. I'm going Meadows yeah. for 4 because I totally get it. There's going to be so much money left on out of your budget as well as others. You're going to be able to get better pitchers. For similar, I mean, not similar prices to eleven, but you could spend the extra money you're keeping from not giving Meadows back. Yeah, you just got sixteen dollars in your pocket from keeping Meadows. That sixteen dollars you can go and spend instead of keeping Lazardo at eleven. You can keep, um, you can buy a twenty-five dollar pitcher for make it Lazardo, whoever else you like the best. You can probably get you could probably get like um, like an Aaron Nola. Yeah, I guarantee you someone's going to drop him after his bad year, especially if his price is too high. And I bet you, you can probably pick up an Aaron Nola for 25 And I'll take yeah. an Aaron Nola over Lizardo all day. Exactly. So you got you get Nola for 25 Yeah. You get Nola for 20 Yeah, if you get Nola for 25 and Meadows for 4 you're spending, say, $30 on those two players. You got $30 on Meadows and Nola versus um, $30 – with Lazardo at eleven, and then you're gonna have to get you'll have Lazardo at eleven dollars, and you'll be able to buy a twenty dollar player, Meadows probably. So yeah, it's yeah, that's basically what you're what it comes down to. Do you want Nola and Meadows or Luzardo and Meadows? Yeah, I'm gonna I, I'm I'm with you. Meadows is the guy there if you're only keeping one, but if you can keep all of them, again, reiterating, keep Hira, Meadows, and Lazardo for those prices. Keep them all. Roto Ray at Roto Ray underscore LAD. I'm guessing you're a Dodgers fan. Good for you. Must be nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> format is 12 team NL only, $206 uh, cap keeper, which he followed all your rules. He gave you everything. Uh, four by four Roto, so no runs or Ks, which I've never, he says that's like old school. I guess that was before my time because I never played that long ago where that was normal. Can't keep up right. to 15 players. Are these players worth keeping? 
And not only this goes back to what I said before. Anybody with a pulse is worth keeping, but if you want to risk it, you can let John Birdie go. But you're keeping Hampson for ten bucks. Yeah, Hampson's going to be a nice sleeper next year again. He's going to be a sleeper for the second year in a row, much like everyone else in Colorado, like David Dahl. He's now going to be a sleeper for like the third or fourth. He'll year He'll be a breakout technically because remember breakouts and sleepers. Game I think are ADP driven. Okay, my mistake, my mistake. <laughs> but yeah, the, the fact that runs aren't included does devalue both of them. I think yes. Bertie Bertie more than Hampson because um, I looked and uh, seven major league players this year. Um, I think this was in one of the articles I wrote. Scored more than scored more than half the time they were on. So take your number of um, hits, walks, and hit by pitch, and then have runs and have take runs and divide that by that number. Only seven players scored at a clip of more than 50% of the time they were on base, and Birdie was one. So it's sort of a random stat, probably a lucky stat that's driven based off of um, other your teammates. So wait, but, real quick, real quick, take that stat away. He plays for the Marlins. That's like, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Like, that's that simple. Like, you're saying it's random. Not only is it random, but it happened while playing on the Marlins. So it's almost yeah. more than likely to not uh, – uh, he's more than likely not to reproduce that run rate, run scored rate. I agree. So, so uh, yeah, I, can, I agree. I can, I can be. I'm like I said. I go back. Goes back to I can. I'm fine with you, Lango Birdie. It's not, and again, he's 20. I didn't realize he's 29 years old. I looked him up last night. He's 29 years old. He didn't just break out. This isn't the Cardinals. The Cardinals find these players, not the Marlins. Um, there might be playing time for him. It depends on the depth. And there's multi. I think he's multi position eligible. So I can understand keeping him for 10 bucks. I don't think he would go for more than that, even an NL only keeper, like with you know with the caps and all that. It'd be hard. I can understand again. It need based. If you need speed, you need somebody with a couple positions of eligibility. I think he has. He's worth keeping, but I think I wouldn't pay more than ten bucks for him. I couldn't envision it, man. But Hampson, to me, sure. to me, this question, the answer to this question comes down to something that I can't answer. One, do you keep these players for ten dollars? If these players, both of them are going to play more than five times a week, more than five out of seven games, then yes, they're worth the, worth the $10 in, in an NL format. If they're going to be part-time players, probably not. Like we don't, I honestly, I don't know the answer to either of Hampson or birdie. Are they going to be relatively full-time players next well, year? No, because the Rockies are going to sign some 38 year old second baseman to play. Yeah. They're going to, yeah. They're going to, the Rockies going to sign Brian Dozier next year. And then Brian <laughs> Dozier's going, to get, he's going to get all the playing time and then forget about Hampson. It's it's ridiculous what they do over there. And Bert, but see, that's the thing. You know, like, but platoon, or maybe they're on the strong. Hopefully, they're on the strong side of a platoon because a strong side of a platoon is valuable in an NL only. I have a hard time saying yeah. these guys are not worth the money right now. As of right now, I'm keeping both, but I have way higher expectations for Hampson. I guess that's what I was trying to ultimately say. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that as well. And you I'd... have a better gauge of. He also has a better gauge of his league. If he sees potentially who's going to be dropped and wants to try to take the ten dollars and reallocate it. That's also something he has to do, but he has to take a look, good look. He has to take a good, long, hard look at his league to see what potentially is going to be available to before making that decision of is it worth taking the gamble and reallocating this ten dollars. Ten dollars is not that much, and man, I've played in an, in an only league once. I don't know if you have, but they're tough, man. Like I, the first year I played, I, I Delano De Shields was twenty bucks for me, and and like that's Hampson, like Hampson brings the same stolen base capabilities. That's if, kind of what I'm getting at is you have to see what is it really worth chasing what's going to be available. Because if not, Birdie right. for 10 bucks might just be his going rate. That might just be what he is because of, the, you know, especially chasing steals. 
in an NL only league, I can imagine. I'm actually, I got invited and I'm actually playing my first NL only league this year, 10 teamer though. So. Oh, nice. Congrats. Yeah, that should be fun. It's, a, it's, um, it'd be a different experience. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to actually make a top 150 ranks for him for NL only. So that's going to be kind of cool. Last question. This is the longest drawn out thing for 13 questions. Lucky number 13 at Jay Flesher. That sounds like a good time. Five by five Roto can keep nine max. He already is keeping a good amount. So he's already keeping Jordan Alvarez, Verlander. And people keep saying, if people wonder why am I calling him Jordan? Because apparently he, Jordan came out, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan came out and said that his name is pronounced Jordan. So it's Jordan Alvarez, Verlander, Grinky, Springer, VR. So he's keeping those five. He needs four more keepers out of these names. It's going to be out of Thor, Eddie Rosario, Trey Mancini, Josh Donaldson, Eduardo Escobar, Nelson Cruz, Erod, and Darvish. For me, I'll, I'm going to just cut out Erod. Erod's already out of them, out of it for me. And Eduardo Escobar, people don't realize how lucky he was last year. And then it comes down to four out of six for me. So do you have an easy four for you? or It's not easy for me, but um, I'll tell you that this team, I don't like this team. Like, this is this is not a team I would typically draft because it's a lot of older guys in a keeper league. But my strategy looking at this team, if I were to take this team over, this team's got one last kick of the candidate. And then after that, you're going to have to revamp. Maybe one or two years. So I'm just going to go with the best players. I'm going to take Donaldson. I'm going to take Nelson Cruz, who is on zero of my teams, Darvish and Thor. Those are my four because, you know what, I just want to win it this year and then sell off. And I, I totally get that, but I think I'm going to let Nelson I, – I love Nelson Cruz. I think it's awesome. But, you know, I have to look him up real quick. I was such a big Eddie Rosario guy. And he, Eddie Rosario got off to like a crazy start, if I remember correctly, and then he got hurt. I don't think he was ever the same again. But in 5-5, five five, I just – I think there's a lot to be had there. I understand. And he's only 28 years old. So – I don't, I don't know, man. I have a hard time letting go of a guy who, I mean, he, he, him, even with the injury and he had under 600 at bats hitting top three in the, in the twins lineup had 32 home runs, 109 RBIs. And he hit 276 in five by five. He's way more valuable because his OBP is terrible because he walks 5% or less every time, but he doesn't strike out. The guy just never strikes out. So I'm leaning Rosario, especially cause it's a keeper over Nelson Cruz. Cause Nelson Cruz could very well. I know it's not likely, but he could fall off. For the for finally at the age of I think it's thirty eight his age thirty eight season. Oh, I think he's old now. I think he, I think he might be thirty nine this year already. Next next year he's going to be forty. So yeah, see, and- I'm, I, see I'm okay. I, I can understand Donaldson because again I understand I'm I'm actually with you about the going for it because his his you know the aging pitchers. Yeah, he's he's got he's got one or two years left with this team with this squad. Then his team's going to be real bad. And I think you Darvish, I think Darvish is the way to go because I think he's the best pitcher of these. Uh, Thor, I'm so down on, but you got to take you got to keep him because he has the most at least tra- he has good trade value. You take Thor, you take Darvish. I would take Rosario, and then I'm torn between Donaldson and Mancini. I think you go with Donaldson and just hope that Donaldson has one more good year in him. See where he goes, but Mancini's Donaldson's great. actually my number one out of everyone. See, I have a hard time because of his age. Because you have Mancini, who's 27 years old, and appears to have found something going on. Like, his K rate dropped, his walk rate jumped, and these are both those are things you want to see go in that direction. He hit for he hit for 290 with 35 bombs. I'm taking Mancini over Donaldson. I'm taking the youth over the age. Hmm. So, for okay. me, you're actually pretty far. Other, other than you, Darvish, and Thor, we don't agree. Which is, this is the first time we don't agree. I'm taking... So who, who- 
You're taking Mancini and Rosario? Rosario. I'm going yeah, with their youth. It's the youth. They're both they're both in their 20s. Donaldson's what, 33, 34? And yeah. and Cruz is 40. And yes, I understand the window is closing for this team, especially with Verlander and Grinky as their as his aces. But if that's the case, if it's closing, I always I look at it. Well, I don't want to completely shut. Maybe he could retool, or these guys have more trade value because they're younger. Yeah, you know what? Like in a vacuum, I do agree that I'd rather have Rosario and Mancini. Well, not over Donaldson, but yes, over Nelson Cruz. Even though I'm sticking with Nelson Cruz and Donaldson, but I'm thinking this is a one or two year window match with this team, and that's that's not even a stretch. This team is going to fall off quick. Um, so once that happens, I'm going to be left with Rosario and Mancini on a team that's rebuilding. And what value are these fourth or fifth or sixth round players? You're not going to really get much trade value in terms of no one's going to give you a top prospect for those guys. So what really, what use are they? Um, I, I understand that, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just more concerned of the age 34 Donaldson. Cause I just looked up. He's going to be 34 next year. It looks like. Yeah, and he's injury Cooper prone. Donaldson, he's coming off his first healthy year in years, and he play, and that was in the NL. I don't know, man. He's I mean, and he's not a batting average guy. He don't get me wrong; the power is real. He's going to be a thirty to forty bomb guy, no questions asked. Hundred RBIs. I think I'm willing to take the chance. I think the reason why I'm more likely to take Rosario and, and Mancini is because they offer they offer similar power, a little less, but but they offer higher batting averages. And they offer, and at least Rosario offers a little speed. And that's where the difference is for me. It's not like in a redraft, and strictly a redraft, I'm probably going to take Donaldson over Mancini. But even then, I'm not sure because Mancini is really showing some growth. And again, he's only 27. And well, that, I didn't have any shares of Mancini, so I didn't, I didn't really keep uh, either. Did I, tabs I, just, I just looked him up the last couple of days, man. So, yeah, so I didn't, re- I didn't realize how, how strong he came on in the second half. Yeah, well, he had a big, he had a good first half. He he had a good first like month, month and a half. Then he like completely died off, and then he just came back and took off in the second half. Right, and it is only five by five, so Donaldson doesn't get any of his on base. Um, on base, uh, I did it. No, 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 no. I'm staying. I'm sticking with Donaldson, even though it's a five by five. Brodo, he's going to score a lot of runs. He's going to get a lot of RBIs. Well, it depends. Runs. He's also a free agent. Where does he go? True, but I don't know. There's a lot. See, so at the end of the day, we're going to end it like this. I'm, we're, we both agree, Thor and Darvish, you keep them. It's, I, want, I want Eddie Rosario and Trey Mancini. You want Josh Donaldson, Nelson Cruz. We stated our reasons. Sorry, buddy. We tried. We're split on two out of your four, last two. We're, we're split on two, your last two keepers. But I, I'd say I, the, advice, the advice is if you're going to stay, if you're going to stay in your league, go with Mike. And if you're going to just, Ditch the, the if you're gonna go for the if you're gonna go for it and bail, go with what I said. Well, we never recommend that, but it, it's no. a true, it's a harsh, it's a harsh reality to what happens, unfortunately. Right. That's it, Zach. We did it, man. It's definitely went longer than anticipated, but there was a lot of information, a lot of stuff that I think is gonna help more than just the just the few, you know, just the guys that we addressed their questions. And man, if people want to reach out, you can follow us on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. That's me, Zach. You are at Zach. Roto, there's no, no underscores or anything funky, right? Just Zach Roto. That's right. D A C K, not C H. There's a lot of CHs out there. Uh, yeah, they're all wrong. If you have your keeper questions, I mean, we love it. We love answering all questions. So anything, but keeper questions, throw them at us, man, or or lady. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, again, we appreciate your time, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye.